following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat What's Man. going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am joined with my main man, Austin, the Stat Man. Austin, what's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? Good morning. How you doing? Oh, uh, we are living the dream. You know who's not living the dream is the fucking Sabres. God, they Ooh. suck. Good Lord, you got to do me right there, right from the get-go, huh? Oh, we're, right, com- we're coming in hot. Right. We're coming in hot. Woo. All right, I thought we'd start with some, like, uplifting sports news. No, let's just, just dig right into the bowels of my yeah. despair. That's yeah, we're, ju- we're just dropping the hammer today. Oh, they are really, really bad. I don't know how they're not accidentally better. Like, I, I truthfully believe that they're, they're, they're tanking, but they're, like, they didn't tell anybody they were tanking. Like before, we all knew they were tanking, but now they're like doing it, but nobody knows. Well, the worst part is like on paper, and you know, our our man Big Diesel says this every week. On paper, they're a good team. There, there's some talented hockey players on there, and they're just not doing it on the ice. And you know, whether it was with the great communicator that was not, uh, who we sent back to the soccer world, <laughs> soccer world, which is kind of like the shadow realm for hockey if you're a, a huge fucking nerd. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's you know it. I believe we we figured out it's like we are we are heavily entrenched in the L's of March, which are not calling them the Ides of March anymore. Uh, we are O for the month. Uh, I believe somebody told me recently, and it may have been Nick last week, that in the last three years we've won a total of like six games in March. So like we don't, we don't we don't like early springtime. That's not our that's not our jam. We don't do that. No, and considering most of the season is you know in the realm of March like that like that's the stretch it's coming down to it man you're fighting for a playoff spot and you've won six games in three years in that month and you're in trouble well that's what it is everybody else is kicking it up and not trying to make that last playoff push and we haven't been there in 10 years so we're not pushing for nothing that's just where we are uh you made a great point before we hit the record button here that uh it, there's a very good chance that the bills could have won like will have won more more games this season at the end than the Sabres which is just kind of egregious in its own way. I don't know how you do that. The right. Cause you play three times as many games. You should, you should hit 13 wins on accident. Right. Right. Like if, if we played a full tilt season where my dyslexic little cousin played with the Sabres on NHL and I had to play with him with every team in the league, he'd probably eke out 13 wins on me. On a, like literally on accident, like that just that game where like you know we're like right be like oh fucking EA like one of those like you you'd have at least thirteen of those if we played a full season worth of games against each other like how are like oh it's it's bad it's it's bad no it's it's you know what it reminds me of the movie Miracle which all time favorite great sports movie um, Herb Brooks is talking to the Olympic Committee and they were talking to him like hey you can't just choose this team because there's a lot of talented guys out there. Because I'm not looking for the most talented guys. I'm looking for the right ones. And and that just strikes me to your point earlier that, you know, we've got Hall, we've got Skinner, we've got Oiko. It's on paper. It's a good roster. There's no reason we shouldn't be winning. But I clearly these guys aren't the right ones. They're just playing as individuals. And that's that's tough to do in hockey. You know, when when they released the uh, the schedule this year and they basically said, like, here's the four divisions. We're doing like a realignment for this year. And you're only going to play your division rivals. I looked at our division. I was like, we can have a good year and fight for fifth place. Like 
and now we're not even doing that. Uh, the Sabres released their March schedule as a wallpaper because apparently they think fans still care. I mean, <laughs> here we are talking about them, so at some at some level we do care. But, uh, you know, I, I, I edited it for them and just put L's over every game, and so far I haven't missed. Um, our boy Bold Claim Ben, who is, you know, responsible for the, the – the squad's logo and, you know, some of the other cool stuff we're going to be dropping, you know, check him out at uh, Ben Yell or Yellich graphics on, uh, on Instagram. He does some cool stuff. He said that, you know, Hey, that Sabres or that Sabres devil's game is going to be a win. And it wasn't like we, well, they were on the, we they were on the 11 game winning streak or losing streak rather. And they, they were on like a 10 or 11. Like we, they were right. Both of us were trying to get our first win in the last three weeks and neither, they got it. It's, yeah. I mean, we're like, we're talking about a team that, like we can't even win the bad games against the not good teams. Like at least last year, like in years past, like we'd put up a fight against the bottom of the barrel. We are the sludge remaining at the bottom of the barrel at this point. And we were talking earlier, we are on the verge of tying our own record for worst losing streak, which we, uh, I believe the, you said like 2014, 2015, we lost 14 yeah. in a row. Yeah, that season. So the longest the longest losing streak in the last six or seven years, right now, currently, we're tied. Are, are both the Sabres. Right. Which is embarrassing by itself. But if we lose on on this upcoming, what did you say, Monday is our next game? Today. Oh, today. I'm sorry. So yeah, today, we're, yeah. We, are, we are fixing to get whooped by the Penguins today. Right. But you said that we're very close to the all-time. Uh, the all-time is eight. Yeah, the all-time is 18 in a row, which I believe we would, if because we're at 14 right now. So if we lose to the Penguins today and tomorrow, we lose to the Bruins on Saturday. We are playing the Flyers in Buffalo on Monday for a share of the longest losing streak in NHL history. Nothing like breaking the worst kinds of records. It's bad, man. And this is going to be longer and more painful than the Bills drought ever was. Because at least the, the Bills was painful from a standpoint of like, there were glimmers of hope. There were pushes where like, you know, we had that year that all we had to do is beat, you know, we had a year like the dolphins just had, had to beat somebody's scrubs to make the playoffs and we didn't get it done. So like, at least there was hope. At least there was, yeah. At least there was hope. At least there was, you know, a chance. Like there was a year we started five and five and Oh, went five and two. Then like, and then it all fell apart. Like, so that's tough, but. And you know what? And and I give the bills credits during a lot of that, that most crummy years were, I think they understood that the problem is we don't have a quarterback. There's only two types of teams in the NFL, guys who have quarterbacks and teams who are still looking. There is no in-between. There's no middle of the road. You can't win with middle of the road, at least not in today's NFL. No. So my whole thing was, is like, hey, we didn't have a quarterback. They understood. The management understood. We didn't have a quarterback, and we just cycled through from Rex Grossman to Kyle Orton to EJ Manuel to JP Lossman to Trent Edwards that, you know what I mean? Like we just kept trying guys like, Hey, listen, we're going to find them. Eventually yeah. we all understand what the problem is. We're going to keep looking until we find them. The yeah. Sabres just look like they are lost in the desert. Just, I don't know. They have no aim, no goal, no direction. Okay. There's, there's been rumor of like all or some of the team is for sale. Like there's, I don't know. They need to get a legit hockey guy in there. Kim Pagula needs to just fuck all the way off when it comes to this team and it just needs to become a thing that we we have a hockey guy in charge and we put a hockey guy behind the bench and fix the problem like i don't care if we have to if we have to fire sale 
everybody and just get the right dudes in because I mean, that's, and that's what the bills did. You know, when the bills brought in McDermott and you could kind of tell that they were on the verge of, you know, switching from uh, our old GM to Mr. Mr. Big baller bean. Uh, you could tell that there was a change of foot because, you know, what did they do? Sammy Watkins by Marcel Darius by like, and those dudes, those were dudes that were cornerstones of our team. You know, uh, Mario Williams by like, just if you're not part of the process, you're part of the problem. There's the door. And we ended up overachieving for a year and made the playoffs the first year we did it. And it's unheard of. And then we took that step back that frustrated a lot of people because you go from a playoff team to a non-playoff team, and that's a sign of regression. But really, we all knew like the the, the Bills did the year that we went to Jacksonville and lost in the, in the wild card round. We didn't belong in the playoffs. We backdoored our way in in any way that you in the most backdoor way possible. You know, shout out to our man uh, Andy Dalton there. But uh, you know, who's who's getting another shot at another kick at the can? Yeah, love, love me, Bears love me the Red Rocket. Um, oh but yeah, I mean, you know, then we took a step back and then guess what? We just made a run to the AFC championship game and big baller bean has done everything in his power to bring back the right people, you know, and there, and there have been big player splashes that we could have made. You know, there was a big push for JJ Watt. And if it wasn't Watt, then, it, you know, another like world beater edge rush type player and the price wasn't right on any of them. So we didn't do it because we went to the AFC championship game last year without one. So yes, you want to get better, but again, this, this, this administration is all about doing it the right way. And at some point the Sabres need to take note of that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's, and they've been there. They have been overextending. They're not reaching. They're not pressing a situation and, and getting into bad deals and putting themselves in, in cap purgatory. Um, I mean, I use cap purgatory loosely. I don't understand the NFL salary cap. I don't get how it works. They're converting signing bonuses to salary now or vice versa, and it gives them more cap, but then it's like cap penalties later. Um, I feel like most people just think it's, hey, here's a number. Don't go over it. That's it. And it's way more complicated than that. Um, This morning, as a matter of fact, Bean converted some of Tredavious White's salary to a signing bonus and freed up almost $8 million in cap space. I don't know what that is. <laughs> He's getting more money uh, or the same amount of money, but it, it affects the team dead cap later. Um, but what, uh, whatever I took away from that. Hey, he's getting paid. He's super happy. And we get $8 more million more million to spend. I'm all right with it. Right. And uh, I actually just had it pop up that the bills have signed F.A. Obata. Yeah, another uh, McBean, uh, Carolina Panthers guy this morning. Yeah, and uh, you know he's he young player. It looks like uh, I'm going to look up he, some he, stat. He had five and a half sacks last year. You know what I mean? He, he was all right. Um, fresh legs, keep keep willing them. Uh, you know what I mean? Our, our some of the guys that are on our D line are getting a little old, little little seasons, little long whiskers there. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's twenty. He's twenty years old. He's six six, two sixty five. I mean, sounds like a pass rusher. You know, uh, right? And I mean. Again, we're, we're talking about getting the right guys. Like, uh, would you rather have this guy? And I know people get frustrated with the, you know, the Carolina connection that, you know, the bills are just Carolina North at this point, but you know what? Like Bean was there, uh, or sorry, McDermott was there for his, like their run. 
And the man knows the players he wants. He knows the character they want. He knows the, the work ethic of the guys he wants. And they signed this dude. He's 28 years old for, uh, let's see, it was one year. Not not a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, probably, it doesn't even say. So it's, it's minimal money. Like uh, it, well, they, they just signed him. I wonder if the contract details are not just out yet. Right. And like, you think like, so you talk about that and like these contract details, I just saw um, somebody else converted or the, the lions converted part of Goff's contract to a signing bonus, which cleared mm-hmm. up $8 million for them. Like, so, and, and I believe the way it works is your signing bonus it only counts a fraction of it only counts against the, the cap where mm-hmm. all of your yearly salary counts. Right. So that, and that's how they get away with it. It's like, oh, and I, they, they took like 15 million of the 20 he was supposed to get this year and made it signing bonus. So you paid up front, it freed up $8 million for you. And, you know, it's, you can spend, like, it's money paid now that you can, you know, spend later again or something. I don't know. Again, I don't know I how it like, works either, but. I, right now, I think Bean's a magician. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's, it's <laughs> he's, ridiculous. He's just, we were up against it. Like, we didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't have any money to spend. And all of a sudden, we're six, seven players deep in free agency, resigning our own and now picking up positions of need. And somehow, he still keeps finding money. I, it's all good. Keep rolling, man. Right. I mean, the, the man's a wizard when it comes to this stuff. And, like, you know, going into this year, we were talking, no way we resigned Milano, Feliciano, and Williams. And we did, we did it all. Oh, and then we brought back Isaiah McKenzie. And then we signed this, this Obata guy. Like we signed Sanders, like, nope, not Sanders, Samuel. No, no, Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders. I like my, my dyslexia, my dyslexia is going nuts. I've only had two cups of coffee today. God, no, you're, you're rolling. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You had, yeah. So, uh, you you know what helps that though? Chaz Bear. To, and to the credit of the guys in the, the, the process is when people want to come here, it makes everyone's lives easier. They want to be a part of what's going on here. They want to help us win a championship. We've become a destination. Buffalo is, uh, I don't know, Buffalo's the cool kid at the dance. I don't know what to tell you. It's, that's where we are now in 2021. I mean, you know, one of our, uh, one of our corners that just resigned, uh, I'm blanking on names. Holy shit. It's a, it's a rough morning for me. Uh, Wallace, when he signed, Levi. yeah, when Levi Wallace signed, it came out that he told his agent, accept offers from anybody, but do not counter anything because I want to be in Buffalo. Like, accept them, you know, we'll see what they are, but until you, you I can have un- conversations, have, un- right, talk to not, not even, not even have conversations. If they reach out to you to sign me, see their, like, take their offer. That's fine. Don't counter. Don't talk. I want to see what Buffalo's got because I want to be in Buffalo. And like, it's now gotten to the point where with McKenzie signing and again, under market value for a, a talented wide receiver, a, a speedy skill guy with a specific skill set. And he's a return guy. He's, you know, he signed for under market value for himself. And I saw a tweet come out earlier from a, an NFL broadcaster that said the Buffalo discount is now officially NFL lexicon. Like it, it's officially a thing that when a, when a player assigns for under his market value, they are referring to it as the Buffalo discount that you want to play for that team. So you take less than your worth because you're about, because you want to win. And that well, to me is fantastic. 
and I and I like I think I think guys get it. They they bought in. That's what it is. It's really it's buying into that process and, and wanting to be a part of what's going on here. We have a, a a passionate fan base. We've got people who are very excited for what's going on here. Um, and I think people understand that we have a competent scouting department and a, and a, and a competent uh, GM and head coach that, and that Dable and Frazier are back and they didn't get head coaching position somewhere else for whatever reason, God knows why, I don't know, but, uh, we have stability going forward. And I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, questionable stability going forward, the, uh, the Steelers have cut Steven Nelson, uh, veteran cornerback. And that was part of them re-signing Juju Smith-Schuster um, because it was kind of, you know, they, it was kind of, kind of the, the idea was basically you could get one or the other. And when they signed Juju, uh, Mr. Nelson actually tweeted saying, making a public statement is a little out of my character, but you guys made your decision. Please don't hold me back. Hashtag, or please don't hold me hostage. Hashtag don't hold me back. And they ended up, they, they told him he could seek a trade. Nothing came of it. They ended up cutting him. Uh, to sign Juju because they wanted Juju back apparently. And, you know, because nothing says team player like TikTok dances on other teams, logos to piss, to piss teams off. Uh, you know what? That was, that was an odd signing. I mean, I, I guess I get it from, from both perspectives though. They got a uh, number one receiver at, at $8 million a season, which is really not that bad from Juju standpoint. He gets to hang out and, and hang out with big Ben one more year, try to make a push for a championship. Here is his career fizzles out to nothingness um talk about a, talk about a guy who should have just let the sunset when he got hurt uh right but i mean i was it's he showed flashes of what he used to do but he's just not not the same guy i forget who i was listening to but they said something to the effect of when you look at these guys that played to their twilight they're like tom brady takes good care of himself peyton manning did take good care of himself but you have major neck surgery nothing you can do about that Aaron Rodgers looks like an athletic guy at 38 years old. He's still bootlegging, running around, doing whatever. Ben Roethlisberger does not look like a guy who's taking fantastic care of himself that when that guy gets to 38 years old, you go, ah, maybe you should just go sit on your couch again. Maybe you should just tap out on this one. Let some younger athletic guys handle the reins. You know, it's bad when Ben Roethlisberger looks like he could be a spokesperson for Burger King, but, uh, I'm pretty sure our man T-Wave pointed out a few weeks back uh, last time he was on the show and we talked about it, that Big Ben is absolutely that guy that like, you know, you could see it. The arm looked good at the early, you know, early in the year and the warmer weather. And then he got cold and, you know, he slowed down. The, the passes weren't as fast. They weren't as crisp. They didn't go as far and didn't get there nearly as fast. And, you know, maybe that's the thing that with no preseason, no legitimate structured rebounding work workouts and team practices and stuff like that maybe with a full year under his belt and a full season of rehab maybe that's not the case this year and he has one more one more year left in the tank you know we've seen it with pitchers who you know come back from injury have a short rehab and try to get back to it they kind of fizzle out but then another full year of rehab and it kind of looks a little different but that is yet to be seen um but it's going to be an interesting story because that is i was surprised when they brought him back because that is not a division to fuck around in I know, I 100% agree. If you told me that Pittsburgh was going to finish in last place in their division this year, uh, sure, no, nope, that yeah. makes sense. Baltimore is, is only getting better and younger, and Cleveland already stomped them in the last game of the season. I mean, that was just, that was a beatdown yep. for them. Um, it's just, it, and not that I think that Pittsburgh is going to just be way worse than Cincinnati, um, but Joe Burrow and weapons, and if they get, I mean, 
it just it wouldn't surprise me. I would not be flabbergasted if they finished in fourth place. Uh, that that's the same conversation you can have about uh, what is it the NFC North with. LA, Seattle, San Francisco, and Arizona, where like all these dudes are going to Arizona. Oh yeah, the West. So all these dudes are going to Arizona and they might finish fourth in the division again. Like, right. Because, you know, the Rams already had like one of the best defenses in the league and they got a better quarterback now. Uh, I think that's worth one win. I think they had 10 wins last year. I think that's worth one more to 11. San San Francisco is getting 22 players off the injured list. (laughs) And 19 of them are... I'm the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, right. 19 of them are somehow defensive starters. And, oh, Seattle's still Seattle. Uh, so, you know, realistically, we could be talking about a division where Seattle and Arizona battle for third place and possibly a playoff spot. I, I said the exact same thing. I thought that it was odd. Um, them expecting anything out of A.J. Green kind of floored me. That They're like, oh, my God, our, our wide receiver room is unbelievable. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, in like 2010. Right, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's an unbelievable fantasy team five years ago. Um, I, I think I think it became very evident that AJ Green had lost a step last year. Is yes. he a leader? Can he help the young guys? Maybe maybe he advances Christian Kirk's career or or whatever. Maybe when he's not getting double teamed because everybody's all over Hopkins, I mean, fine. But I mean to expect more than like forty catches for six hundred yards, I think would be silly. Which is fine. That that's perfectly reasonable production from a, a receiver that's not your number one guy. But to think he's going to come out of the woodwork for 11 or 1,200 yards and just be this unbelievable guy again, it's just silly. He's, yeah, he's, he's on the wrong side of 32. It's not yeah, does does Brian T.O. would like to have a word? Like, put, right. that, put, put the two of them on a team and see, like, let's, let's see who has a better season. Like, Hopkins is going to win outright, but, like, let's take Hopkins out of the equation. Let's put Fitz on one side with A.J. Green on the other and then put – Des and T.O. on a, on a different, t- on, I don't know, Seattle. And let's see what, let's see which two receivers have a better year. Who cares? It's not going to be because they're not the same player they were in their prime. Again, right. fa- fantastic lineup five to 10 years ago. Right. Nope, 100% agree. And you know what I think it is? I, I, it's, I equate it to old, old people that are senior citizens retiring and moving to Florida. That at some point you looked at Arizona and went, all right, hey, they got a good quarterback. They got a pretty decent defense. Uh, they were eight and eight last year. Maybe I can push them on the top. But my preseason and OTAs are in a beautiful complex in great temperature. Uh, I can train outside. I don't have to be indoors in a climate controlled training facility. Like, oh, I'm, I'm never gonna play in the snow again. Well, there's something to be said for that. Like these guys are in their early 30s. They're in the, the for them, it's the twi- they're old men as far as football is concerned. Right. And the old men went to the the nice weather retirement facility. <laughs> that's where they went. That's where they're hanging out. Unreal. I don't know. I, but no, like nobody, that, that's... none of them chose cold weather. None of those big name guys went, yeah, let's go freeze my ass off. Nobody right. said that. No, <laughs> they, they all went warm weather. They, they, they all went like the what the the biggest names that came somewhere cold all went to New England. And if, if that's you if if you consider any of them big names. Right. Uh, well, I, Jude, Judon, Judon may be the biggest name, but he's 26. Right. Well, that's what I mean. If, if, if no old guys, like really seasoned vets, went to some place where they're like, you mean you mean they have to shovel the snow off the field to see the first down markers? Ah, they have to go somewhere. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't Hard know. Pass. Hard pass. Uh, some other some other fun news here. Uh, the Giants signing Kyle Rudolph hit a bit of a snag. Apparently, there's an issue with his foot. Uh, the deal's not dead, uh, but and there's a possibility the whole thing could be, could be ironed out. But it's uh, looks like they like say yeah something something with his foot and he could need surgery, so that could 
possibly railroad that deal. And it's official that the Niners have re-signed offensive lineman Trent Williams. He, that man got a truckload of money, like literally a truck filled with cash. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, six years, 138.6 million. Highest paid offensive lineman in league ever, history. Yeah. Ever. You know what? If he was smart, he should have done what Russell Okun did and got like $5 million of that in Bitcoin. So he'd be worth $400 million in a couple of years. Like, no kidding. Uh, let's see. The Niners signed Zach Kerr and Jordan Wills to one-year deals. Um, less than a week after declining Kareem Jackson's option, the Broncos are re-signing, uh, they're re-signing him. Uh, they terminated the contract of tight, tight end Nick Vanett. Nothing special there. He signed with him in 2020, appeared in 15 games with 11 starts, 14 receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown. Nothing really to call home about there. Uh, yeah. the, the Seahawks are re-signing Benson Mayowa. Yep. Trying to bolster that pass rush for a big yeah. slow guy. And they uh, they also they also brought in Kerry Hyder. Kerry uh, Hyder was fantastic for San Fran last year. He filled in admirably when they had, as we just said, 19 and a half defensive starters go down. Um, but he came in, he filled in it, almost double digit sacks. He was, he was fine. He was the guy that I hope Buffalo was going to look at, but, um, too, too much lettuce, as they say. Yeah. Uh, that was three years, 16.5 million with a chance to make 17. Um, he was number 97 in Greg Rosenthal's one, uh, top 101 free agents, uh, eight and a half sacks last year. You know, good good signing for them. Definitely, definitely help will help. You know, maybe slow slow down uh, other teams' offenses, which we know was the problem last year. I, I honestly, I think Seattle is built very similarly to Buffalo. That they've got a, a good quarterback. They've got top end receivers. Um, their linebackers are good. They've got Wagner. We've got Evan. You know what I mean? So that's fine. They we've got Poyer. They've got Jamal Adams. We use them a little differently, but at the root of it, both teams pretty severely lack pass rush and a defensive upfront presence. Yeah, uh, and I, I think the other thing there too is Buffalo. You can definitely tell the difference between the two teams because Buffalo is a defensive-minded team with an offensive guru calling the shots uh, for the offense, where it doesn't really seem to go the other way in Seattle. I mean, we we saw that last year when we beat when we beat, beat uh, Seattle fairly handily, and. Uh, the answer there was we had a really great plan if they tried to run the football and we just didn't, I think we threw the ball 50 times that game. A lot last season. <laughs> like, and, and, and listen, that's, just that's chucking the rock. That's fantastic. I love it. I mean, John Feliciano, when he resigned came out and said, you know, listen, you can sit there and clamor for a running game on a running backs all you want. We are a passing football team. We are going to play stout defense and catch me if you can offense. And when one falters, the other will pick it up. And that's the way you win football games in the NFL today. And guess what? He's not wrong. So uh, everyone on their running back game can suck it. Speaking of running backs, uh, Sammy Watkins visited the Ravens, who is running back central. Uh, the, he went they there. They lost on, out on the, the juju sweepstakes. So uh, if you can call that a sweepstake, <laughs> right. they didn't get their number one guy. Uh, so and that apparently if they don't strike a deal, uh, Watkins will is now slated to visit with the Colts. That to me will be interesting because I was having a discussion on the sports host app uh, yesterday. Actually, uh, I posted a thing asking people for their top 10 quarterbacks 
and I listed mine and I did not have uh, Mr. Jackson in my top 10. And somebody said, if you don't have Jackson in your top 10, you're just a flat out hater. And I said, no, if I'm building a team and building around a quarterback, he's not the guy I'm building around because his skill set is fantastic. He's an amazing athlete. One of, if not the best athlete on every field he ever steps on, but he is a below average quarterback. He's got MVP under his belt and blah, blah, blah. And he's got no weapons. And I'm like, he had basically the same weapons from his MVP campaign to last year. So is it a weapons problem or did the NFL figure him out? No, I'll wait. I, I, I agree with you. I, he led a league in touchdown passes. There's something to be said for that. Right. But I mean, I don't know. Derek, Derek Anderson back in the day threw 35 touchdown passes. Where, what's that guy been doing? Right. <laughs> you, anybody can do it one time. I don't want to say anybody. People do it one time. Yeah. And that's it. That's, Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden. He was an unbelievable running back one time and that was it and then he fell off the face of the earth that was the ultimate madden curse that game crushed him I, he was done is it yeah and i mean and here's the guy and i even said i go look i go look at even during his mvp campaign lamar struggles against teams in the top half of the league uh, defensively and i don't think anybody would tell you that the bills were a top defensive powerhouse last year he looked awful against us in the playoffs awful we filled gaps we played in like intelligent defense against him didn't let him leak out of the out of the pocket didn't let him step up and and wiggle through holes jerry hughes probably had one of his best non-statistical games ever just like (laughs) three hard steps the tackles in the backfield and going oh shit jerry stopped and where you know two years ago lamar killed us by like stepping up squeaking out where jerry was seven yards deep and rolling out and either beating us with his feet or, you know, dumping the ball off, there was nowhere to go because his tackle was in the way. Then Jerry was in the way and our middle played tight. Uh, and the man didn't Listen, do well. I, I play Madden. Contain doesn't work. Okay. That's stupid. I, <laughs> so that's I, not a thing. I will, I will be intrigued to see if Watkins signs there. I don't think he will. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of rumor going around that receivers go there to entertain the conversation and then kind of meh at it and walk away. Uh, so much so that Des Bryant said, anybody who thinks that Lamar can't throw the football didn't see what I saw last year. And the rest of the league kind of went, actually, I don't think you saw what we saw last year. Like you're vying for, you're vying for a contract. Like I, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's like, they're just lowballing. You know, these offers, really, I don't know what the issue is, but they've met with everybody. Yeah. They met and with Sammy. Nobody. They met with Kenny. They met with Kenny Galladay. They met with Juju Smith-Suster. Everybody's going someplace else. So I don't understand how you don't want to go to a team that made it to the playoffs last year that really is a pretty good shot. Like we just discussed, it might be the toughest division in football, but they got a pretty good shot of winning the division. They have an outside chance of being one of those top seeds where they get a buy. I'm right. not saying they will, they won't. The AFC is just loaded with young, talented teams and quarterbacks, but they have a shot at it, which is more than you can say about more than half the teams in the AFC. Right. And people are just, no, nah, I'd rather go to the Giants. They're awesome. What? <laughs> go ahead. Go for it. <sighs> right. I'd rather go uh, play with a 38-year-old who can't move in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, right. And, and that tells me one of two things. Either they're not offering the money that, like, that you think you're worth, or you don't think going there and playing for them is worth your time because you're not going to get the ball. Right. So Baltimore runs the ball more than any other team in football. Yes, they do. By a a wide, wide margin. Uh, 
Like right. to the and, tune of like 200 carries wide, wide margin. I mean, ask, ask John Brown. Uh, ask, right. ask John Brown, the difference between playing in Buffalo and playing in Baltimore. Because he, had, and I believe he only had one year overlap with Lamar, which was his rookie year where he ran the ball 800 times more than he, you know, threw the football in those last nine starts. But again, that was a team that was just carried by just an ungodly, believable defense, which they tried to rebuild last year. It didn't work so well. And they've lost three, three of their main starters from that, from that defense last year at two for sure. They've lost, they've lost a few. I think their, their linebackers and their safeties were all drafted and young guys, but I mean, they had drafted a whole bunch of, or not drafted, traded for or picked up a bunch of defensive linemen from Ngakwe to Calais Campbell to all these guys. And a bunch of them have left already. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Danny Johnson and linebacker Jared Norris have both signed with the football team. They, they came out and said it again, that, that not to change gears on you from free agency, but they said it again, that the Washington football team is very much in the mix to become their actual official name. Listen, it's great. It like, that, <laughs> that's, that's like us making the tits, the marketing rights itself. Who are you rooting for the football team? Who scored the football team? Like it's great. It's great. It's almost sarcastic. But everybody knows who you're talking about. So there's, right. there's you're not missing anything. It's not going over no. anybody's heads. No. Hey, hey, what are you doing today? You want to go watch the football team? Sure. It's great. It's so good. Yep. It is crazy. Uh, Bills, Bills resigned McKenzie. We already talked about the Falcons added some depth at running back with Mike Davis. And then they signed Barkevius Mingo to a one-year deal. That's a name I haven't heard for a while. I mean, first round pick pedigree, maybe. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Raiders uh, reworked a deal with Marcus Mariota for, for him to stay with the team. They re-signed you know Nevin Lawson. And that was a weird thing, too. I Kenyon Drake going there for right. Having a starter in, you know what I mean? That's like a pro bowler already. I don't understand what Drake was doing. It's or what Mike Maylock is doing, that you have talented running backs there already. And you're like, nah, let's add a fourth one. Let's roll. Let's do right. that. That's Especially in a world where nobody wants running backs. Uh, yeah, I mean, com- committee is fine. Listen, committee is fine. But usually you draft those committee members. Usually you don't go into free agency and throw $20 million at another guy who's not your starter. I don't. Well, and there, like, there, there was rumor that the Browns were shopping Kareem Hunt. They have the best one-two punch in football, and they're shopping one of them because nobody wants them because running backs don't have a ton of value anymore. Right. Now, listen, I was hoping that Buffalo's would be like, yeah, we'll take Kareem Hunt over here. But, we got- listen, I, I would not have been opposed to it at the same time. I'm on the we don't need a running back train. So, Because you know, he, he makes such – a low cap number, you know what I mean? It's what if he was eight million dollars a season, I'd be like, yeah, we don't need to eat up that for whatever. They're paying him like two and a half a season. That's I think we've got Taiwan Jones is making as much money as Kareem Hunt is. Right. And, and, and I so choose it, between the two yeah, of those without guys, hesitation. Without hesitation. But that's one of those things that too that you know that what what are they looking for in return? Because I right. don't think you're getting anything much higher than a fourth for a running back right now. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent. They're they're everywhere. Half the half the starters have to be unbelievable guys in the league were drafted third round or later. Yeah. You've got your Zeeks and your Barclays who were taken top five, but then you got that kid in Jacksonville went undrafted 
And yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's unbelievable now. You know what I mean? Aaron Jones, who just inked the big deal in Green Bay, fifth round pick. Like you could find running backs. It's really yeah. I was discussing that with somebody too, and I said just going off last year, like Clyde Edwards, uh, Edwards Alaire was a first round pick for the reigning defending. Just just, just barely. Right? Yeah, but just barely. But was the first round pick for the reigning defending Super Bowl champions, and three running backs who were drafted last year finished with better stats, including an undrafted rookie. Like that tells me that running back value isn't first round worthy right there. I like I, if I can find a guy who's going to outperform you in the second round or later, I'm not taking one in the first. I mean, I think it depends on who that is. Do, it, now, do I gener- think generational talent or bust? Right. I mean, that's, and that's fine. Do I think that Elliot and those guys should have gone top five? Maybe, maybe not. But I mean, if I'm picking at like 17, and Barkley is sitting there at 17. I like that's a no brainer. Yes. You know what I mean? At that point, you're it's a coin flip of whoever you were going to take in lieu of that. So yeah, no, I'm going to take the unbelievable running back. Right. But the problem is we, we see those guys go one, two, one through five. If you know guys aren't taking a quarterback, they're taking a running back or that elite defensive end. And I think after that, unless it unless it is McCaffrey, Barkley, Bark, yeah, like one of those guys, like I don't think you take one before the third. But what do I know? I'm just a guy with a podcast. Uh, the Bengals signed Eli Apple, the cornerback, and they finalized a one-year deal with Quentin Spain. So they're reassuring that offensive line a little bit. Yeah, that- I think they think at Riley, Riley Reese as well, I believe. They're, they, they were the worst offensive line unit in all of football, so they needed to address that hardcore. They sure did. Uh, Remember when their quarterback broke himself? Yeah, that was the thing. You got to keep him upright. That's- yeah, because he's good, man. Like, That's- Like, I – anybody coming out this year should hope to be at least as good as one of the two that came out and were studs last year because between like Burrow looked good. And then, you know, Herbert got the nod start because, you know, a doctor decided to lose his license on uh, Tyrod Taylor's lung, but yeah. Yikes. Hold still. I'm going to just start poking you. Okay. Just needles. I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, the Panthers signed former Jets linebacker Frankie Levu, and they re-signed guard John Miller to a one-year deal. Uh, Packers signed cornerback Kevin King. The That's Eagles nice signing for them. The Eagles, the Eagles making moves, making it's moves. Is getting Joe Flacco a move? I think Joe Flacco is elite. I think it's a redundancy thing. Like, hey, listen, if Jalen Hurts is wrong. And sprains an ankle. We need to have a guy who, I don't know, is not completely stupid. Like it's not totally incompetent. So I have to apologize. I misread my teleprompter here. That's uh, Joe Flacco is elite. Right? Yeah. Question mark. Um. Uh, People think you have a teleprompter now. That's funny. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, and they they waived. Uh, they're okay. So they're using Flacco to provide some mentorship to Jalen Hurts. And they also waived receiver Deontay Burnett. Do the Eagles have any receivers left? Ooh, uh, they're guys from last year. Jalen Rager. Rager? Rager? Rager. Rager. Yep. Uh, first round pick from last year. Um, I think they still had JJ Arcadia Whiteside. He's like their second round pick the year before that. But they cut Alshon Jeffrey. They, I mean, they cut a, a slew of guys. Um, they had that one at what, Fulham? Fulgham? Uh, I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at their current depth chart, 
Their left receiver is is Travis Fulgham. Yeah, he had he was cool for like a minute. He was a real hot waiver pickup for like four weeks and then did nothing the rest of the season. Yeah, he got me through a tight spot, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Their right receiver is Jalen Rager, and their slot guy is Greg Ward Jr. uh, with Quez Watkins, John Hightower, and J.J. Arkega Whiteside as their depth players at at that position. So really, the answer is not really. <laughs> uh, listen, they, they, that offense needs to run through Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. They need to, if you want to be successful for a hot second, and I don't know why I'm saying this, take a little leaf out of Baltimore's book and just run some misdirection, move some stuff around, throw to your tight ends, like keep defensive ends back and not pass rushing and pin their ears back because they're like, oh, who's got the ball? Running back, quarterback, who, who's got it? Where'd it go? I, you want defenses doing that? All season, because to, to, at this point they, they don't have anybody else to throw it to. It's right, really, it's, it's no bueno. Yeah, that's that's make some people look at some funky stuff in the backfield and hope that like Rieger get Rager gets open. Rieger, Rager, Roger, Roger, Rogers. No, that's a different guy. Uh, Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah. That Jr. get open. Yeah, that that guy. Uh, the Patriots finally waived some people. Uh, they waived Cassius Marsh and Michael Pickney. That's not what the Patriots do. They sign everybody. They yeah. just sign everybody. That's not what they do. So uh, those are two linebackers, and they also uh, waved a kicker, Justin Rowasser. And more AFC East news. The Dolphins re-signed receiver Mac Hollins and Kai Loxley, which begs the question, who? There's, there's a lot of that going on. After, uh, after that first wave of free agency madness, it's a whole lot of, hey, you're a great depth guy. Thanks right. for coming aboard. That's all we got. Yeah, the Bears brought in uh, a former Broncos lineman, Elijah Wilkinson. Uh, he's undrafted prospect from 2017, started 26 of his 45 career games played. Uh, Ravens resigned safety Geno Stone. Texans waived receiver Chad Hansen and long snapper Anthony Kukwa. Hate to see a long snapper go down. Those those dudes are specialists, <laughs> and I I actually mean that because like I was one, and if anybody is listening to this that needs one, call me. I can still do it. It's, uh, it's throwing a pass through your legs. How hard is that? It's a little bit more complicated than you think. <laughs> but uh, and then the Jets signed linebacker Delshawn Phillips. So not a whole lot of big splashes, um, especially near the end of that list there. But I mean, it's 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 a wild and weird time, man. There's you know, teams are officially have to be under the under the wire now, and you know, there's some big moves, some big moves that we thought were going to happen that really didn't. Guys stayed put that we thought weren't, and there's still the looming Deshaun Watson situation, which uh, I've heard the magic number is oh. now up to 14 lawsuits. Dude, honestly, I, I thought it was 16. So either, I mean, maybe it like is. One, maybe it is. One's not better than the other one. I don't know what to do with this information. That, that I, you're going to keep the guy or trade. So every time a new lawsuit comes out, every team just goes on their board, just pulls the first round pick off. It's like pulls crap off the table every time a new one comes out. And I think it's going to get to the point where no one's going to want them. How, uh, how do you take on that ridiculous situation? I, uh, I feel like we might already be there. Um, we we have to be right. Uh, yeah, because at, like at this point, you it's got to be a thing where like you're looking at him going like the market's dried up, man. Like all this stuff came out. Yeah, 
what are you, what are you going to do? I'm not playing. Thanks for the discount. <laughs> Thanks for helping our cap numbers. Uh, right. Uh, you know what? He's, he's going to get fined anyway. So the team's just going to start to slowly recoup some of that money if they find him every day he's not there. That's called the Houston discount. It's uh, You know what's going to be ridiculous is that it, it could go from bad to worse for him. I mean, really, if, if any if any small smidgen of this stuff is true, like what a scumbag the guy is. It, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I'll wait for all the facts to come out before really passing judgment, but if any part of a lot of this is true, good Lord, man. Like, you're just – you're – Really, I have no problem saying he's a good-looking millionaire, one of the face of the franchises, guys. You have no problem attracting women. You know what I mean? There's no why you have to be a dirtbag about it. I don't understand. When people literally, willingly, as a responsible adult, will throw themselves at you. No, no, no. You have to be a scumbag towards masseuses during a massage. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It makes right. no sense to me. You know, and, and that's one of those things too. Like you don't want to jump the gun and say like automatically this is true because there are some weird things about this. Like this is just now coming out that he's playing hardball with the Texans. And, you know, it, like it, it, it's all very, very coincidental. The the attorney for the first woman like put a public statement out on Instagram about it before the fi- charges were filed, like, or the suit was filed, whatever you want to say. Like that was weird too. Like that looked like a clout grab. Not that the court of public opinion matters, right? That's a whole thing. Right. And like, you know, but, but for the attorney to come out before anything's official and say like, oh, we got to hold these millionaires accountable and da-da-da, like, what? And then like, you got to read like two paragraphs in to be like, oh, you're representing a woman who's claiming that she was assaulted. Got it. So this isn't weird at all. You know, and then it goes from, one to four to 12 to 14 or 16 now. And like either it's running absolutely rampant or like you're paying a lot of people to say a lot of shit because like at some point the number, like if one, if one is true, you're right. fucked. You're absolutely fucked right now. <clears throat> um, And that, that leads you to believe that like this insane number maybe leads to, like away from the oh look the uh the texans paid people to, to say this to so they could keep them hey man nobody wants you so you play for us so you don't play like now you're in the realm of like the nfl could step in and say you're out for right. a certain at least a certain number of games i don't don't get me wrong like the video stuff certainly made it worse but i just think back in recent memory like again like so ray rice punching his girlfriend at the time awful that basically ended his career that was it Kareem Hunt with the the kicking the woman video again, awful. But that was at least I think it was eight games. He got yeah. right half a season from the get go. Now again, video evidence always makes it worse. But if any one of these things, these comparatively, not that we're comparing worsenesses, but from a punishment standpoint, I feel like he's going to get at least eight games. I don't yeah. I don't know how you don't get suspended after sixteen people come forward and be like, hey, you're pretty and, much but- the worst person alive for an hour. And the, the interesting part about that too is, you know, right now it's, it's a civil suit. Like there, there, it's not criminal charges, which is the interesting side of it. So you're suing him for it. You're not pressing charges on it. You know, it'd be interesting. I don't know what the statute of limitations is and stuff like that. I don't know if it's, it's a year or it's five years. I mean, I was like mur- murder's never ending. Uh, I most, it- mo- uh, I, and I can't speak obviously for 
Texas, but I do know that a lot of times when it's sexually related offenses, if there's a statute of limitation, it's lengthy. A long time, yeah, lengthy. Long right. You know, that's that's not a thing where they want you to like, oh, hey, he did some nasty stuff to a girl one time and like kind of looked at her and was like, don't say anything. And then five years later, she's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm saying something. Uh, right. You know what? Nah, you only had a year. Sorry. Time's yeah. up. Grab a new ticket. Like, no, I don't, I don't see that being the case, but I could be wrong. Um, no, I mean, that, that, that sounds right. That sounds like that's the way it ought to be. If you were somehow assaulted when you're a young child and you finally like grow up to get a voice, you wouldn't want somebody to be like, well, no, you should have said something when you were eight. Oh, oh okay. My bad. I'm sorry. Right. I, didn't really, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. So that sounds like that's the way it should be. Yeah. So that's super interesting. And like I said, that, that whole debacle, like, you know, if, if you're the Texans, like if you're either looking at it going like, Hey, we're probably going to have our quarterback next year. Uh, if you're the Texans, you might be looking at going, shit, we should have pulled the trigger when somebody offered us copious amounts of, um, draft like, picks, players, for, whatever. It's- yeah. And like that, we, we should have jumped on the first package we got sent and you know, if you're anybody else, like every team that put an offer in is sitting there going, whoo, dodged a bullet. Right. Seriously. This, we could have lost out our next several first round picks and not got a player. Like, uh, like imagine, to, uh, imagine being Miami, you send them back their pick, your pick Tua, and like next year's first. So you swap three firsts and last year's first round overall, like first round pick that you took. <laughs> And, and you left, not that this would be the least thing that would matter, but you let Fitzpatrick go in free agency, somebody who could have kept you afloat, and now you're left with nobody. Right. And, like, even still, Fitz could have kept you afloat, but uh, you're not going to draft another one for at least two years. <laughs> at least. Some second-round picks going to be just okay for you. Yeah. Uh, so that that's that's interesting for sure. Um, definitely, definitely excited to see where that shakes out i'm excited to see what fitz magic can do up there in washington i think fitz magic is hall of fame worthy <laughs> i mean nine yeah, teams in, in, in those games that they call him fitz magic yeah he looks unbelievable it's... i mean listen he's 35th all time in uh i believe touchdowns and 30th all time in yardage if he if he matches last year's production which was only seven games worth and about 2,000 yards and 13 scores he will jump into the top 25 in one category and the top 30 in another. And he's done it with never being named an official starter, never being given a shot to be a franchise guy. And he's played on nine teams. How do you not say that's hall of fame worthy? How do you say that that dude doesn't deserve it when he just keeps getting shots on transitional teams, which means you suck. You're, you're not going to good squads, Like you're, you're playing for the bills when the bills were not good. You're playing for the Dolphins while they're trying to figure their franchise out. You're playing for the, the he played for what the Texans. He play, I mean everybody he played for oh, was in a transition. Lot, a lot. It's... Like he was he was the transitional guy. He was a bridge quarterback, and he's top thirty and top thirty five. He'll be top thirty after this year in both so, categories. So random random factoid trivia here here for Jazzy Barrett. Who what's the longest play passing play in Bills football history? Uh, that is a 99-yard score. Correct. Who, who, from, who? from Fitz I don't know we, who. We 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 only had him for one year. You got a box of cereal named after him. T.O. Oh, yeah, it's got to be T.O. Got to be T.O. I forgot T.O. played with him, but like, I mean, <laughs> that's but that's 
<laughs> I've got so much Bills history <laughs> rattling around my brain recently. It's not even funny at all. Kind of oh, it's it's, it's got to be Kelly and, and, and Thurman. Well, uh, no, I, like I, I knew, I knew it was Fitz. I knew it was Fitz. I like, but I was blaming like, no, like my brain kept saying number fourteen, and I'm like, no, that's Diggs. And before that, I'm pretty sure it was was uh, was Watkins. But I, he didn't. He he couldn't stay on the field for ninety nine yards. Well, the man's made out of scotch tape, so that's oh, for sure. But uh, yeah, man. So that's uh, that's a fun. That is a fun little Bills factoid. And again, Fitzmagic, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, again, he's a playoff. He like, oh, he's never played in a playoff game. He's never been on a good team. If they would have if they would have left him starting last year, he I think the Dolphins make the playoffs. Despite what our friend Andrew from the two point conversation thinks, uh, who is a Dolphins fan, by the way. But yeah, nobody's perfect. I won't hold that against him. I will. Next time we do the network sports talk show, I'm absolutely holding it against them. Um, so I, anything else in the NFL for the good of the order, because I'm about to have a fire siren go off behind me in about a minute here. So I'm going to shut my mic off as soon as that happens. And I'm going to let you talk and talk some NFL stuff. And then when that's over, I'll be back. So feel free to start an NFL tie right here for a hot second. And I'll be back with you in a minute. Oh, an NFL tirade. Uh, oh, boy. Now I got to think about this stuff. You know what? Uh, my big thing is the draft. I really like the way that the NFL has kind of spaced out things that are happening in the offseason. Um, every month has something different. So going from the, the Super Bowl to, to start a free agency to the draft to OTAs to training camp to preseason, that there's something big that happens every month. Uh, I'm super excited about the draft. And I think it's always interesting to see uh, the amount of trades and where people are going to wind up going. Um, I, I'm not one of those guys that's on the, uh, the bills running back train, like uh Jazzy bear there. Um, I think we also need corners and, uh, need to plug some holes and I have full faith in, uh, Mick bean to, uh, do what we need to do. And I think a lot of teams are in a, in a predicament where, uh, we could see multiple quarterbacks go in the top 10 picks. Um, I don't think there could be a lot of skill position players. You'll see receivers, you'll see running backs, you'll see quarterbacks. It'll be not a meat and potatoes build through the trenches type of early first round for the draft. Um, I think you'll see a bunch of receivers. You might see a couple of, couple of running backs. Um, not if Jaws is drafting, if Jaws is drafting, he's taking those running backs way later, but um Guys like, I mean, Demonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. I mean, you got multiple Alabama guys up top. Uh, they're talking that Kyle Pitts might be the the highest drafted tight end maybe all time, that they have him going somehow ridiculously high to the Jets at two, um, but almost certainly a top 10 pick. Um, and I have to say, I watched some videos from his pro day, and the guy, I mean, at 6'6", 240 pounds or 250 pounds for a tight end, he was running – almost sub four, four forty. He had over a 40 inch vertical. I mean, the man was an absolute freak of nature. Um, I thought when those reports came out, it was kind of ridiculous that they had this tight end going as high as they did. Um, and then you take a look at his pro day. Now, could he be a workout warrior? Sure. That's absolutely possible. Um, you know, comparing him to Vernon Davis and stuff like that could be a, uh, I don't know if that's a stretch or not, but the NFL has taught us anything. If you are a freak of nature athlete, it doesn't even matter if you're good at football. If you are a freak of nature athlete, you will get drafted high because some NFL GM somewhere is going to go, you know what? Would you run four, four, two, one? Yeah, I can work with that. I'll, I'll figure something out. We'll just be yeah, good, good. Good luck finding a linebacker to cover that. I'm back by the way. Uh, well, that's what, that's what it is. That's Hey, you're just faster than everybody else in the field. Hey, you're going to get your, your, your steps in today and just run go routes for an hour. That's what we're going to. Okay, go ahead. 
Right. And if we, and if we've learned anything from these freak tight ends, like they're hard to cover because if they're too fast for a linebacker, they're too big for a corner or safety. So, and and that's what it is that somebody's going to think they found the next Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and they're going to go from there. Uh, and listen, I, I hope they do. I hope it's not the jets. I don't need him in the division. <laughs> I don't need a seven to cover that guy. He can go someplace else. Right. So I guess that leads me to my next question of uh, when, uh, when you're firing up your first mock draft there guy or your, Ooh, you your know, only mock draft. Well, you know, so what I, I was, I was kind of delaying. Uh, I'm just one of those guys. I love mock drafts. I love reading about them and stuff like that, which is why people do them so early, but they literally with free agency, they change every almost by the hour, but every single day you could make an argument that they're different than the day before. So I kind of let free agency shake itself out and, as we alluded to earlier, the, the big players are off the board and now it's just depth guys and feeling guys. nobody who's really draft altering is left in free agency, really. Um, so really, I would think uh, in the next week here, by certainly by April 1st, I'll have that out. Um, now that most of free agency has kind of been taken care of. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to Hat Stats and Stats podcast. Hat Stats and Stats can be heard every Wednesday on the BICBP radio network. You can always pick us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you Take your podcasts in and don't forget to like, follow, share, subscribe on, on all of our social medias. Just look for hats, stats, and stats. Give us a like, share, and a follow. You'll never miss a you'll never miss a beat of what we do here. Thanks for tuning in again, guys, and see you next week. Hats, stats, and stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom supplemented uniforms and apparel that'll have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code tip of the cap, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great, feel great, play great. Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris. Should we tell the people about our new show? Our new show? Yes. Not back issues. Not Harley Awesome. No. This is Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Hey, man. We just can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Never gonna stop. That's right. We're back. BICBP-radio.com. They should go listen to it right now. They really should. Where can they listen to it? BICBP-radio.com. BICBP-radio.com. Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Stop, stop till they drop? That's right. That's the kind of freestyles you're going to get from Anthony on Chris and Anthony just can't stop. At BICBP-radio.com. Chris and Anthony just can't stop. bicbp radio.com chris and anthony just can't stop chris i think we should stop with the commercial all right